Talk, talk to me. WSRadio.com Welcome to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Computer and Technology Radio. I am Mark Cohen. She is Marsha Collier, and we're here to bring you the latest news and reviews on everything tech-related. If you're a beginner or an expert, we are here for you with lots of crazy stuff and lots of Google news. And how's your week, Marsha? Well, you know, the stuff we talk about isn't that crazy. It's it's kind of stuff that people don't hear. I mean, one of the things we're going to talk about is Google sent out a weird email that nobody understood. Mm -hmm. So we're here to clarify that. And we're not going to tell you about all the class action suits that are going on. You want to do that? You can just Google it yourself. Take a look. (laughs) Yeah, there's a million going on. There's a million. million. Yeah, there's one for Google that... Yeah, if you apply, you're going to get seven dollars and seventy cents. If it's wait, 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 I don't get twenty three million. No, oh no, someone mathed it out, and that's uh, disappointing. You'll be lucky to get eight bucks. Yeah, and that's you know, and that's the way that people don't collect on these, and the money goes to whoever it goes to, because the average person says eight dollars. I'm not going through all that just to fill out a form. Yeah, I'm not giving out all my information for that. No. Yeah, it's it's a lot, and it's unfortunate, and it's rare that you get anything of any significance. Exactly. Oh well. So there's a you know there's a ton of Google news floating around. Uh, There's a story what about uh, Google domain shutting down. Okay, this is weird because when I looked at it and I'm thinking, Google domains, what are Google domains? I don't remember any Google. And then I remembered writing about it eons ago that you used to be able to purchase uh, your domain name through Google. Do you Mm -hmm. remember that? You know, I don't. Uh, I'm not familiar with that. Okay, they uh, were selling domains in 2014. And the, then they uh, did the HTTPS and top-level de- domains. And, I mean, they were in the business, and they were right. selling great deals, which was wonderful for someone who had a small business and they didn't get ripped off. And, well, folks, all good things <laughs> come to an end. So you're going to have to now be dealing with Squarespace. Mm-hmm. Squarespace has acquired the assets associated with Google Domain Business, which includes approximately 10 million domains hosted on Google Domain spread across millions of customers. Oh, so as long as it's not a big deal then. Right. The, you know, this story pops up and I'm looking at it and say, what, what? And nobody's explaining it. And uh, supposedly Squarespace is going to match the experience. But, the, you know, of safety, because that's another reason why people did it. But then again, nowhere does it say it's going to keep the pricing the same. Well, probably not. Uh, Squarespace said they would honor existing domain customers' renewal prices for at least 12 months during well, the close go. of... So, you know, we don't know what the new prices are going to be. This is another mystery. When, you know, a company takes over something... These companies really, it's for their best interest. Oh, of course it is. I mean, you know, and yeah. they're not generally that expensive domain name. Uh, I don't know, what are they 60, 70 bucks a year normally? 10. Or $10? $10. 10. But it's, okay. the, it's the hosting is where they get you. Well, right, right. 
So yeah. who knows? I mean, like I think GoDaddy gives you a free domain name if you buy their hosting. I don't okay. know. That's, you know, could be a myth. But yeah, that, it's so another place where they're going to get you. Yeah. Okay. And oh. then some really weird email comes out. I mean, I got it and, and I'm looking at it, you know, right now. Mm-hmm. And the subject is an update to album archive from Google. And I'm going, what? What's an album archive? I didn't know I have one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it says, starting on July 19th, 2023, album archive will no longer be available. We recommend that you use Google da- Takeout to download a copy of your album archive data. And it goes on. I mean, do you use Google? You do, I think, don't you? you use Google Photos. Google Photos is different. This so is this Google has nothing to do Al- with that. Which is why we're going to talk about it today is to help bring some clarity to it. It seems to have something to do with Picasa, maybe. Which I tried a long time ago and never right. used after that. But you may have some pictures hanging out there. Could be. So I suggest you go to Google Takeout and look for it. I'll give you the steps in a minute. But uh, starting July 19th, they're going to be starting to delete uh, small thumbnail photo photos and album comments or likes, some Google Hangouts data, background images uploaded mm-hmm. in the Google theme pic. I, I don't I didn't don't remember doing this, but if you've been on the internet for a while, um, somebody checked and they found some SMS threads from their phone dating back to 2016. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even know I had an album archive. <laughs> Did you? Uh, you know what? I don't, I mean, I have Google Photos. I use uh, iCloud Photos. And uh, the nice part about, and I assume you have this, a similar thing on uh, Android. But Google on Photos. iCloud, when, you know, when you take a uh, photo, it automatically saves it to your uh, bo- to all your devices. Yeah, but in, back in the day when we had other right, well, we stuff like that. Picasa, and we, I've got some photos up on Amazon that I didn't know of that show <laughs> up, you know, when we pause something on TV. Right. I got to figure out a way to get those down because I don't know if they're in my Google Photos. But, you know, using Google Takeout is a good thing anyway. I recommend that you get one of those flash drives that you can download. It holds a terabyte. They're very mm-hmm. common these days. They're not that expensive. You never know. Just download all your pictures because all my pictures are up there. And if Google Photos went away, I'd be in big trouble. So go to takeout, back up your stuff, you know, on everything, and take a look at, at what's going on with this Google albums that I didn't even know I had. Some galleries, they say, have hundreds of photos that also appear in Google Chat. So I don't know. I I really don't know. Um, I tweeted something about it today. And there is a support document on Google about the whole issue. And there's a link in, let me see, let me see, I'm sorry, corresponding support document, support.google.com slash Picasa slash answer slash 7008270. 
and that will give you the instructions on how to download content from your Google album archive. And do P- it. Picasso, Just do it. I mean, can you actually still utilize Picasso? I haven't looked at it in years. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> I mean, it appears that it's not really a functional service anymore, although maybe somebody still gets to use it. But um, it must be four or five years since I've looked at it and hadn't thought about it in a long time. Exactly. So, you know, take a look, and it doesn't hurt to back up stuff otherwise, too. Well, right. Yeah, there's no reason no reason to continue to use that. And then uh, the Google News. You you had an interesting article about uh, Google Lens identifying skin rashes. Right? Yeah, how does that actually work? This was in Droid Life. Now, just so you know, I use Google Lens all the time. Uh, to identify a flower, to identify when the lady, we have some weather ladies in Los Angeles who have great wardrobes. Mm-hmm. And if I see a dress I like, I pause and I zoom in with Google Lens on the dress and Google Lens will tell me where it's available for, to buy. And it'll give me all the prices. It's fa- I'm, I've yeah, made nice some feature. great deals on that. I really enjoy that feature. Yeah. But... Um, with this, they've just recently uh, added the ability to recognize skin conditions. So remember, uh, don't diagnose. Go to a doctor. Yeah, that's a very Be, good idea. That's, that's the important thing. But like if a doctor tells you it's nothing and it's still there a year later and you're go- and it really hasn't changed you know you should if you have a mole or something on your skin take a picture of it so you can compare it over time once a mm-hmm. doctor says it's nothing it could be still nothing you know a bump on your lip or lines on your nails it it does all of that and all you have to do is take a picture of it or just line up google lens you can tap on that from the home screen and it will point to whatever kind of deal you got going on. And it will tell you whether it's dangerous or whether it isn't. I think this is a great tool for people. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of fascinating. I know that I used something similar. There was um, a month or so ago, there was a snake in our backyard. And, you know, not that I have to identify exactly what it is, but I want to know, is it poisonous? Is it dangerous? And so I took a photo, but I couldn't get, you know, I couldn't find it in that way. So I just had to describe the the look of the snake and i was actually able to ultimately find it but not as easy as uh, just taking a picture and finding it well you could find it if you uploaded the picture to chat gpt now right. or to doll e they work on photos yeah so that just makes it a lot a lot easier no it's a great idea you know and it can be extremely helpful you know but again as marcia said go to your doctor if it's a yeah, medical it's thing a medical that you're diagnosing thing. Don't do it yourself. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, but any number of things. I've identified artwork. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I saw a picture I liked or I had a picture at home that I had, you know, in the garage hiding away. What was it? Is it worth anything? And Google Lens will do that for you. And it's a fantastic tool. Yeah, that's a really great idea. Uh, Also, a little more Google News. Uh, Apparently, it is now making online shopping easier with their new AI tool. Um, Yeah, this is really cool. Were you going to talk about it? No, you go ahead. Just as you. Okay. Well, you know, again, I told you I use Google Lens to go shopping. Right. So once you've found it, um, well, 
Google announced they are going to use generative text and image AI tools for all different things, and this is pretty amazing. As you'll start seeing on websites, you may have seen it already, where you can try on things, like I know on the Gunner website, you can try on glasses, Warby Parker, you can, and Amazon is starting to do that too, um, uh, or put this piece of furniture in your room, and that works really well, that's AI. Well, Google, is, since everybody seems to search Google first for clothing, that's interesting, I think the reason they do it is because you get to see a wider range of prices than if you go to a specific website. Mm -hmm. So they have used images of real models ranging from size XXX to 3XL. And they're wearing AI-generated versions of clothes from hundreds of brands. You know, just, you know, the ones you find on Google who have that top. Anthropology, Everlane, H&M. You can scroll and select different body types or skin tones, which is another thing. You know, with my white skin and my hair color, I'm, I don't look good in some colors. I really don't. And I can see that when I try this AI. It's, it's pretty amazing. So you go through the pictures. You find the model that most closely resembles you. Mm -hmm. And you make that your default model. Then from there on, you're going to be seeing the clothes basically on your body type. Yeah, that's, huh. a, that's a great idea. I know they've had a lot of that with, with makeup sites and, and hair colors. And, you know, you can see what you look like at a certain style. So that, I think those are pretty helpful. Now, just so you know what this is called, it's called Google's Shopping Graph, G-R-A-P-H. Mm -hmm. And you can Google that and learn more about it. But... It's there currently have 35 billion products <laughs> already, and they're, key, they're going, you know. So, I think this is a brilliant idea for shopping. You find the best price, you find your size, and boom, you don't have to worry about returns. And returns are the things that are driving up prices these days, right? Do you know anybody? I know people who buy like three sizes of a pair of shoes. And my daughter. She drives me crazy. She buys because they use my Prime account. So she'll buy exactly as you said. She'll find a shoe she likes. She doesn't know what size it is. She'll buy four pairs. Then she returns three of the four when she gets them. I'm not going to make any comment. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, I suppose there's some cleverness to doing it in the sense that you don't, you know, when you're buying clothes, it's very difficult yes, to buy it clothes is, online. But you're, once the seal has been broken on that box, as it is in the store, <laughs> right? Um, and it's in someone's house. You don't know what it's been exposed to. Or the person yeah. who tried it on, I, yeah. wore, did they wear socks? Did they, they cover well, their right. feet? Yeah. I, yeah. You know, it just, it's a cost to the retailer. Well, of course. Of and course the shipping. And they, you might warn her, they are making lists of people who do this. Well, she doesn't do that in everything. <laughs> okay. you know, it's every here and there, you know, that we order so much on Amazon that uh, it's not a lot. But occasionally she'll do that. Yeah, I, I just won't do it. I just guess. And if it's wrong, then I'll return it and get the right size. Yeah, but the, then, then you run into the problem, what is the right size? Oh, it's too small. Well, this one's too large. It's like Little Lord Running Hood. Just is that like, the one? Uh, 
Yeah. Goldilocks. Or Goldilocks, right. Goldilocks, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, a lot of people obviously are getting electric, batter, electric uh, cars, and they don't really understand or know what the, you know, the battery, which is the most expensive component on an electric vehicle, which of course affects your power, your range, your charging times, all kinds of stuff. And you got to try to figure out what is the best way to utilize the information you get so you know what you're going to use or what kind of car you're going to have or how many miles you want on your car. Um, Hyundai's Ionic 5, let's see, drops from 303 miles in a rear drive configuration to 266 with all wheel drive. Wow, I never even thought that would make a difference. Yeah, it does. That's amazing. Yeah, and it costs 3500 bucks more. So, <gasps> you know, it may or may not be a, you know, they're saying if you live in Southern California, maybe it's a good upgrade. Um, your commute is part of the issue, and you want to, the most important thing shopping for a car is how much driving do you do on an average day? And I know, because I go to work, and I know exactly how many miles it is, but after the commute back and forth to work, if I'm going someplace else, I don't really pay much attention. I don't know. Do you pay attention to how many average miles you drive a day? What's interesting is on my car, the, one of the settings is I can do my gas mileage average or instant. Right. So sometimes I put it on instant and see how much I can squeeze out of a gallon. <laughs> yeah, well, right. Exactly. Yeah, But I, I mean, do check the average regularly. Well, that's the first thing you need to know. So the average driver in the U.S. drives under 40 miles per day, which makes sense. You know, as I say, I, my, my work drive is about 25 miles, so it's 50 back and forth if I don't do anything but go back and forth. But these days, because more people are working from home, you know, this last three years, you probably drive way less than you used to drive. I mean, I, used to, I find that I used to drive 15,000 miles a year during the pandemic. I don't think I drove a thousand miles. Well, you, for, know, you know what I do. I do pay attention to is when I'm going somewhere. Google Maps tells you how many miles it is. Yes, correct. But you got to, you know. So anyway, the first thing you want to do, obviously, is you want to find out average how much, how many miles you drive a day, because that tells you if you're driving 40 miles a day and you have a 300 or let's say it's a 400 uh, range that you need, you've got 10 days of charge. Maybe. However, bear in mind, <laughs> in theory, bear in mind that they tell you to only charge, just like a phone, we've talked about this on the air, don't charge your phone to 100%. Well, they recommend you charge your battery to 90%. Interesting. So, yeah, so you shouldn't charge your battery because uh, they are expensive and they can at over time degrade. So bear in mind that if you're charging, you don't want to do it all the way up to 90. Uh, your climate also makes a big difference. Freezing ambient temperatures can take as much as 25% off your range. And remember, uh, I was talking about that how many years ago? Because, long time ago, yeah. Right, because when I went to Alaska, the phone yeah, would drop to nothing until right. I put it inside my jacket. Yeah, also if you're in a cold climate and you crank the heater up, range can drop by 41%. That's insane. Yeah, that was from the AAA, did a survey on that. And blasting air conditioning on a hot day can reduce your range by about 17%. So uh, that's something to bear in mind. You know, what kind of driving are you in really hot weather? Uh, if you take long road trips, it might be, you know, you might want to consider an EV with a much larger range, you know, depending upon what they are. Some of them can go 
350 400 um, some I think even these days the ex- more expensive ones with the bigger batteries can go up as much as 500 miles but you've got to keep that in mind and you also of course have to keep in mind you know I talked to people that own electric cars and I said well you know how easy is it for you to find a charging station oh no it's easy it's not a problem you know what that's not true it's not like a gas station. <laughs> oh, I got to tell you, I've got to tell you, because uh, occasionally we go to Home Foods and Bur- Whole Foods and Burbank, right? And the people are standing in line to charge their right. cars. It's, I would not do that. I mean, seriously, what does it take two minutes to put gas in the car? Well, exactly. Yeah, I am not standing in line. I don't know if they're getting free electricity or what i don't know what well the deal some, is. you know some of them do there's 33 states that charge electric vehicles uh for not pumping gas so uh in texas apparently uh governor abbott signed a law requiring ev drivers to pay a 400 hundred dollar registration fee up front and another 200 bucks a year so you may or may not get free charging and well free yeah ch- and and that you know that makes i know it sounds unfair but it's the same people, thing with people who have solar. Right. I mean, eventually, if you have solar on your roof, you're still on the grid. The grid yeah. has to be maintained. And the same thing with the electricity for the cars, right? Well, yeah, exactly. 33 states charge annual EV fees. Uh, but they're saying the talk is that all these free charging stations are going to go away. And they're going to start charging you to plug in. And, you know, most of the, for example, I go to the um, the Lakers game and in the parking lot, there are charging stations there. You plug it in. Are they but then you free? Pay. Have you ever, have no. you ever walked, have you ever walked over and looked at them? I did actually. And yeah. uh, you are charged. You put your credit card in and they do charge you. Uh, 19 states require owners of hybrid vehicles to pay an additional registration fee, anywhere from 38 bucks to a hundred dollars in Alabama. And uh, so those, those places you might find now are going to start charging you. No more free charging. Now, you know, you can put in there about anywhere from, call it 600 to $1,200. You can put a charging station in your home. So the idea being that, you know, the car charges up during the night and then you're ready to go the next day. But that's not so much the issue. It's more if you're on the road and you know you're going to go, let's say your vehicle does 300 miles and you know you're going 400 miles, you've got to plan ahead to know where you're going to pick up a charging station. You know, and my my question is on all of this is, okay, so you go the expense and you install, you know, a battery in your home, let's say, and a charging station. You're good to go. But the problem is, eventually you're going to need a new car because the battery is going to wear out in your EV. What if it's a new technology for charging? Well, that's true. (laughs) Then you got to do the whole thing all over again. No. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because a lot of the car companies now are adopting the Tesla charging stations. Mm -hmm. Because I know BMW, I have a friend that got a BMW electric car, and he said that the... uh, the charger for that doesn't isn't compatible with the Tesla chargers. And there's way more Tesla chargers than there are BMW chargers floating around. <laughs> you know, way more. So uh, so that's an issue. So your car may not charge at the station you're going to. So, you know, clearly you've got to do a lot of planning and when especially if you're going on a trip somewhere. Well, you, you know, know, I hear some cars have an adapter. That could be but that I don't know. That's entirely I, that's, possible. That's what I heard. That somebody show was showing someone how to use an adapter. Yeah, to, it's, so it's an interesting. Knows? I mean, it's interesting. 
you know, you so you've got so those are some of the things you want to look at. You want to look at what it does it cost you in your state to you know registration fees for electric vehicles. How many electric char? You know, California's probably got a ton of electric chargers. Yeah, but Missouri, only only eighty percent of them are generally working at the time. Yeah, that I don't know. So, I don't yeah, they, they that's another one of the problems. They're not maintaining them. And you don't well, right. know if you're planning to go somewhere that they're even going to be working. <laughs> yeah, I know. that's a, It's a big issue. And uh, so anyway, just, just be smart. Be careful. Uh, keep that in mind when you're charging or when you buy an electric vehicle. And uh, not to discourage you from doing it, but just be aware. That's important to know if you're buying an electric vehicle. Ta-da. Uh, ta-da. I, exactly. I like uh, Let's that. see. Okay. Reminders and messages. Yeah, I mean, okay, so I've always, with my phone, said, you know, I, you know, and I asked a couple of iPhone users, you know, how can I, how can I send, you know, like a, remind myself to do something in the morning. Right. Yeah, you can put it on your call, calendar, you can put it in notes, or and it'll ding or whatever, but that just doesn't do it for me. So it seems... That with some of the new features on Android's Messages app, you can send yourself a text message mm-hmm. and delay it to show up until a certain time. Right. Which is very cool. So, obviously, we all know how to make a text message. Mm-hmm. And then when you want to put it for a certain date, uh, you know, you get it all set up. And then long press the send button mm-hmm. on it, and a pop-up will come up, and you pick the date and time. Right. I do this all the time for other people because I think of things I want to text in the middle of the night, and I don't want their phone to go off. Right. But I didn't know I could send them to myself. You have to have yourself in the directory. Mm-hmm. Uh, just follow the on-screen instructions and choose the time that you want. Type uh, Tap then on save. Once your date has been selected, then you'll see it on your screen, but you still have to tap the SMS icon to schedule your text message to be sent. You know, setting it up is one thing, and I've done that, but that last step, you have to uh, tap that little arrow again to set it up. And then it shows up in italics, and it says scheduled to be sent. Okay. That's good. That's good information. I mean, that's just like a human post-it note. I think that's really, really brilliant. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Hey, it's now the time of the show. We search the universe, the planets, and Lenovo.com for the buy of the week. Yeah, and the drum roll. buy of the the week. The drum roll isn't drumming. Uh Uh-oh. What can I say? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. What can I say? Uh, Okay, so Lenovo. Uh, has what they call their Idea Centra Mini IL Intel Desktop. So it's a, um, a mini desktop, very small, that is powered by a 13th generation Intel Core processor. You can upgrade it uh, and open up the chassis and do what you want. It connects multiple monitors with a Thunderport 4 uh, display port. Uh, it's got, so it's got plenty of uh, ports for you adding things to it. It actually, and this is, it's very small, very compact, and it allows you just kind of to slide off the top if you want to, as I say, upgrade. Uh, but it's a, you know, you can hold it in the uh, palm of your hand. 
It runs your uh, digital hybrid life with a compact PC that comes with, of course, Wi-Fi 6, 2.56 LAN for fast video streaming. Uh, as I said, lots of ports. And uh, it gives you the ability, you know, if you don't have a lot of space, and I don't know how many people buy these old honking, you know, desktop machines Yeah, now. they still sell them. I saw yeah, them they at do. Best Buy. They do. Yeah, they, they absolutely do. Uh, but it's a nice little device, and as I say, it gives you the, uh, again, the 13th generation Intel Core i5 processor. Uh, it's a 4.7 gigahertz with what they call a turbo boost, and it runs Windows 11 Pro, also Windows 11 Home. Uh, and again, it comes with the Intel Iris XE graphics, up to 16 gigabytes of DDR memory. Like, we and don't know what these, what these things mean, but it sounds really impressive, Mark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, 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 it means that it's pretty, fa- it's pretty fast. So this normally sells for around $700. Uh, you can buy it today at Lenovo.com. And again, it's the Idea Centra Mini. It's selling for four eighty one forty nine. So you can get a full desktop machine that won't take up any space, literally on the palm of your hand. Uh, save about 300 bucks off the normal price. And that is our Plug buy. in a monitor, and you have your choice yep. of great monitors these right. days. So yep. you're in business. I think it's That's great. That's it. Just plug it in, and you're ready to go. So uh, uh, good luck with that. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, audience. Uh, yes, I work hard on those. It takes me 12, 15 hours to find these buys of the week. I'm so sure. I'm sure hope, it Hope does. you all appreciate it. I'm sure uh, it does. Uh, also, just, you know, one of the most important things that we do when we look at our computers, of course, is we want to protect our eyes because fatigue and eye strain is a very, very difficult thing and can be very harmful to you. Uh, so one, of course, you want to uh, make sure that you're wearing the right kind of glasses to do this, but there are certain eye conditions that are actually associated with prolonged computer use. By the way, I wanted to bump in right now and say that I use Gunner optics. Yeah, those are good. And I even, for my tablet, I got readers with the tint to prevent the blue eye. Yeah, it's a great idea. It's great. So go ahead. My daughter uses the, yeah, Gunner glass is quite good. Um, so you have one called computer vision syndrome, which is known as digital eye strain. And if you sit at a computer all day long, you may experience blurred vision, difficulty in focusing, you know, near to far items, headaches. So that is one of the, uh, the offshoots of that. Eye strain is very, very prevalent if you're using your computer all day long. Dry eye syndrome. You know, we probably all sometime in our life had dry eyes where you can't blink and you don't get tears. Uh, you know, eyes may be itchy or scratchy or irritated. Um, so what you should do always, of course, is go to a good eye doctor. I go once a year for my eye checkup and let them make sure that you don't have any, you know, issues like glaucoma or cataracts or something else that are affecting your vision. Uh, also make your workspace ergonomic because that's important. You know, depending upon where your computer is versus where you're sitting, your computer screen should be somewhere about 20 to 28 inches from your eyes and uh, the center of the screen four to five inches below your eye level. So you're looking straight on instead of having to strain, strain to do that. Uh, you and know, and just... people tend to look down. I just got some stuff from the old people who invented Roller Mouse. They're in Sweden now working with a new company, and they have a tablet stand that really rocks. Um, I've, and a, you can, it also alternates as a laptop stand. 
and they do a keyboard. So it's very cool, and I'll be reviewing that, but I just opened it up, and yeah, we'll see how it go. works. Yeah. So a couple of things you should do to protect your eyes, and, you know, we've all done this. Roll your eyes. You know, when you see something, you go, oh, my God, not really. Well, rolling your eyes is actually a way to reduce muscle and eye strain. Really? My what? husband says I do that all the time when he's talking <laughs> Well, see, to you me. must have 20-20 vision. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you can also flex your eyes, which is similar to kind of rolling. It involves rapid moving up and down, left and right. Uh, do it 10 times each time, and this will help your eyes. Palming, which I'm not familiar with, but for two minutes, you cup your palms, place them over your eyes, and make sure that you can open and close your eyes freely. Staring and blinking into the darkness can help your vision reset. And uh, lastly, uh, into the blink. darkness, into darkness, into darkness. Yeah, and like then go blink. and open a closet and look in the closet. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and you want to uh, you want to blink like twenty times in a row. That will refresh your eyes and it'll reduce your uh, dryness. And they that say that is a, so cool. <laughs> yeah, it says uh, follow the twenty 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 rule. For every twenty minutes, you look at a computer screen, stop and look at an object twenty feet away, away for twenty seconds. And that will help you. And as Marsha said, of course, the uh, blue light blocking glasses. So uh, just be careful with your eyes. They, they don't give you any new ones. So make sure you're careful with what you do there. Uh, and let's see, Marsha, okay, do we, we want to go? We, we have uh, one, one last story real quick. Can you talk about moving the search bar on iOS? I thought uh, it was iOS 17 that everyone was no, on. No, it's actually iOS 16. Okay. And, you know, it allows you the easiest method to move the search bar from uh, Safari itself is in the address bar. Why at the did foot. they move it? Yeah, they moved it to the bottom. It used okay. to be at the top. So the address bar at the foot of the screen, you tap the double A icon at the left end. Uh, if you don't see it, just swipe down until you see it. From the pop-up menu, it shows top address bar. Uh, address bar moves instantly. And then you can move it back and forth if you want to do that. So it allows you to move it best. So if you were used to, as I was, it took a little getting used to when they changed it in iOS 16 because everybody was used to seeing it at the top of the screen, and they replaced it with this the little island. Yeah, why? Did, why? Well, why? why? They did, that's why. They did it because there's an island at the top of the screen now on the iOS 16, and it shows Ugh. you sports scores and news and you know, I mean, oh, little yeah. things. I so that's that. why they moved I it from hate, the top. I Although I don't know that. why they couldn't have reversed that and put that right, at the bottom, right. but there's a reason, I'm sure. So that's the story. That, that's amazing. So we now, uh, since we're going to close the show, let's give our top 10 in streaming. Yep. I'll, oh. I'll do the... TV shows, you do the movies, because I tend to watch TV shows a little bit more than I uh, watch the movies. Number one is Silo, which I haven't seen. I it's, have not either. It's a futuristic thing. A bunch of people live in a silo because there's been some apocalyptic thing happening outside. Yeah, I saw the preview for And I guess it's enough people are watching it that, okay, I'm going to watch it. And that's on Apple TV+. Plus. Number two is From... I don't know what that I is. I just started watching that last night. It's a horror series. Oh, great. Uh, that, Thank the, you. It caught my <laughs> eye because Stephen King said it was scary, so I started watching it. No, Yeah, I just can't bear that, man. But anyway, <laughs> uh, and that's on MGM+. Plus. Mm -hmm. Based on a true story, I'm not sure about that. That's on Peacock. The Crowded Room on Apple TV+. Plus. The Idol on Max. Never Have I Ever. On Netflix, Ted Lasso's still hanging in at number seven on Apple TV Plus. Love that. Fubar, number eight, and that's on Netflix. It stars Arnold Schwarzenegger 
and it's kind of a cute CIA spy yeah, it looks fun. thing. Looks like it's it's, fun. it's it's cute. It's cute. Jury duty is on Freevee, which we all can get Freevee, and it's yep. free. V. Oh, free! Good name then. <laughs> yeah. Um, and number ten is shiny happy people, which to start out that sounds like something I'd really like to see. But after the words shiny, happy people, it's the Duggar family secrets. Okay, there you go. I'm not going to be wanting to watch that, but that's on Prime Video and Freebie. What do you got for movies? Yeah, your top 10 movies. Number one, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which I understand is quite good. I haven't seen it. It's on FX. Uh, Avatar, The Way of Water. Couldn't watch it. I just couldn't watch it. It's like three hours and three and a half hours I tried. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons. That was fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, Renfield couldn't watch it. It's a horror film. Really? I just, it's stupid. I'm sorry. It's just <laughs> stupid. Uh, Flaming Hot, the story, alleged story of the guy that created the Flaming Hot Cheetos. How was that? I haven't watched it yet. Okay. Uh, I saw, I saw the next one. Okay. Creed 3? Yeah. Uh, they took a, a long time getting to the point, first yep. of all. I had no idea what they, what the hell was going on in that movie until, okay, we got... And we saw what was, um, oh, the guy I love in the Rocky movies, the Russian boxer. Oh, yeah, Drago. Drago was there for 10 seconds and then gone. No, they could have given Drago. Drago would have added a lot to that It was not the finest movie, I have to say. This one was good, though, and Marsha and I both really enjoyed his air. Yep. uh, The story of the Michael Jordan shoe. Uh, Then you got Reality, which is on Max. Don't know what that one is. My fault. I've seen it advertised, haven't watched it. And this one I keep wanting to watch because I understand it's quite good. It was A Man Called Otto, which is available on Netflix. So there's your movies. There's a lot of stuff that you can watch. Uh, and that's it for us, folks. Hey, listen, everybody, happy Father's Day if you're listening on Father's Yay, Day. Hey, happy Father's show. Day, everybody who has a father. And if you don't have dad with you anymore, spend some time looking at old pictures. It'll yeah, make you, you happy. Go. Have a good one. We'll see you next weekend. This is Marsha Collier and Mark Cohen on WS Radio, which is the worldwide leader in Internet talk. And we're here every Sunday morning just for you. Download us. Tell your friends. We'll try to keep it short and keep it fun. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Produced by Brain Food Radio Syndication, global food for thought.